bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello and welcome to episode 170 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja. And this week we have Ashley Chong from Raw and Radiant on the show. I'm really excited to share Ashley's story. I've been following Ashley now probably I think from almost the very beginning of her journey. I was a new mom to my eldest, Iggy, and I stumbled across her story of going raw in her efforts to, to lose weight. And I just found her posts and her story about herself and her husband really, really inspirational. And I signed up and did her 21-day raw cleanse back then, and I really, really loved it. As a, as a bit of a reset. I was already plant-based, but I just wanted something else and I found it really, really beneficial. Now, you can go onto her website to hear more from Ashley at rawandradiantcleanse.com and she is also at Raw and Radiant on Instagram and Facebook. At her website, she has recipes, she has ebooks and meal plans, and she also has a membership program called Your Raw Journey, which she's running now for anyone who's completed the 30 day detox or has done personal coaching with her. And that looks really, really, really great. So if you're wanting some more support to, to live raw, definitely recommend the Your Raw journey so that you can work with Ashley and be supported by Ashley on your own raw journey. But before we begin with Ashley, I just wanted to to share with you something very exciting. Well, <laughs> it's a bit of a, it's COVID. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, this is a, we're in a pandemic. So I'm sharing this, but also with one foot kind of a little bit hesitant because we are in day three of a five-day kind of very felt very sudden lockdown again here in Melbourne, Victoria. We're unable to go more than five kilometres from our homes. We're limited to how long we can exercise for. We're limited, you know, unable to leave home unless we're food shopping, exercising, working, but only working if you can't work from home. Schools are closed for everyone that's non-essential. And yeah, it's just a bit of a bummer, really. Uh, Obviously, we want to get ahead of this latest little round of cases that we've had in our state here in Victoria. But, you know, it's not fun being locked in again, closed off from our broader communities and our lives in many ways. Um, but I know that we're still very blessed compared to many, many, many places around the world. So I don't want to not express my deep gratitude with how our, how our, you know, how our state and how our our country is managing overall with this pandemic. So I'm very grateful for where I am in the world right now. But I am running Reiki Level One on March 27th. 
at Ananda, which is a beautiful new yoga studio that's opened up in Belgrave here in the Dandenong Ranges in Victoria. I'll be running it from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. on Saturday, March 27th and Saturday, April 3rd will be the final day of the training this year, 2021, if all goes well. So let's cross our fingers and toes. If you don't know anything about Reiki, basically it's the energy that is within everything in all of us. It was founded in Japan. If you know anything about chi, chi energy, it's that energy. The key in Reiki is that chi, that life force energy. Reiki one is really about connecting back into the energy that's in all things, that's in us. It's for anyone. Reiki 1 is honestly, it's my favourite. I'll be teaching Reiki 1 and 2 this year, multiple times, hopefully. And then I'll be doing Reiki 3A next year, which is the level before the mastership level, which mastership in this instance means just the level where you learn to teach, but you need to have been practising Reiki for a while before you begin your mastership journey so that you can really connect with Reiki and embody it in your life. So Reiki Level 1 is a two-day training and it's for anyone who wants to deepen their connection to source energy, to spirit, to, to love within themselves and to begin working with that energy with yourselves and your loved ones. Level 1 is it's a journey home to the true essence of who you are as a divine being of light. For me personally, this was the beginning of a, of a spiritual kind of awakening that was happening to me after the birth of my first child, Iggy. When my heart began to invite me home to begin loving myself for the very first time, it was just this calling. I kind of stumbled across the, the ad on social media and I just didn't know really anything about Reiki, but I just knew I had to go along and experience it and to learn about it and to connect with it. And I went along and it was this beautiful room of people and we, you know, there was all the beautiful ritualistic things like candles and a beautiful circle and pillows and flowers and incense and all of those things and lots of meditation and and learning and yeah really making a time to sit with yourself and your intention of connecting with the essence of who you truly are. It was a really profound weekend for me, for sure. And I hope that it is for everyone who comes into Ananda Yoga Studio on the 27th of March to begin their own journey with me as I teach Reiki Level 1 for the very first time. So I'm very honoured and excited to be on that journey with everyone who wants to come along on that weekend. If you would like to learn more, feel free to message me over on Facebook or Instagram or via the contact page on my website. Now, my website is very much in the process of being upgraded. So forgive me if it's a bit of a bare slate. I've kind of taken everything out of it and I haven't put anything back in except for the contact page and the podcast really at the moment and some testimonials. So it's only got very bare bones there. So if you're wanting information about the Reiki level one training, it won't be up yet. So just 
if you're listening to this in real time, it'll be coming at the mid to late March, but right now it won't be there if you're listening to it. So just contact me and ask me all the details. I'll be love to share them with you. And I really can't wait to to share my love, my love for Reiki with some of you. I hope to see some of you and meet some of you in person and go on this little journey together. But without further ado, Ashley Chong, who has lost 85 pounds, who has changed her life, her husband, she's given birth to a beautiful daughter as a raw vegan and is raising her mostly raw. This is an incredible, uplifting story, and I really know that so many of you will enjoy it, especially if, like me, every now and again, you just know that your body is just craving more raw. But sometimes it can feel overwhelming to make that step from plant-based to fully raw or raw till four. Ashley is so inspirational in the way that she does it and goes about it, and she makes it seem so simple and easy and delicious. And yeah, I know that you're going to love hearing her story as well. So just a reminder, Raw and Radiant on Instagram and Facebook and rawandradiantcleanse.com. And don't forget to check out her membership program, Your Raw Journey, which is only $8 a month, only $8 a month to get to have all of that support from Ashley on your own raw journey to change your life, which is so exciting. You get long-term support to reach your health goals. And it is a continuation of her 30-day group detox and the revitalized personal six-week session program. And it is a group for people who are serious about reaching their health goals and for people who understand this is a lifestyle change, not a quick fix. And it is for people who have done the 30-day detox or personal coaching as well. So I'm very excited for you all to go on your raw journey with Ashley for $8 a month. What a bargain. I'll shush now, but I hope that you enjoy hearing Ashley's story. Bye. Hello and welcome to the show, Ashley. Hi. Hi, I'm so glad to finally have you here in the in the studio, in the Skype world, Zoom world. Right, Skype. absolutely. I'm so happy to finally be on your show and to be on the podcast. <laughs> I was talking to Ashley before we started recording just about how I, I, I stumbled across you. I reckon, I think my son Iggy was... Ba- a baby baby in my arms perhaps perhaps that was eight nine years ago when I had him and I saw your story and I was probably breastfeeding at you know the witching hour probably four in the morning or something and I saw your story and I loved it and I've wanted to have you on the show well there wasn't a podcast back then but I've wanted to have you on the show ever since there was and so I'm fine I'm really excited to have you here to share your story because it is a story that I think so many people will be inspired by it really inspired me oh thank you so much no you're so welcome so I guess if you wanted to just start at the beginning like tell your story okay well I mean I guess my journey really started about nine April 1st will make nine years so I've been a raw vegan for nine years, but um, let's rewind. I, it was my sister, she was getting married and 
Um, I was overweight. I left um, high school and I was always a soccer player and that always usually kept me pretty in shape. I stopped playing soccer. You know, I left high school, stopped playing soccer. So I was with my then uh, boyfriend and we would always go out to eat, you know, and then we gained the college 15 and, you know, even more. So a lot more. So I ended up being around like 253 pounds when I was wanting to lose weight. So it just kind of snuck up on me in those years after high school. And so I went to the doctor and they immediately wanted to, um, they did blood work. They told me that I was pre-diabetic and that they wanted to put me on Fintermine, which is like a appetite suppressant. None of that really sat well with me, I guess. And so I kind of just wanted to educate myself a little more outside of, you know, the medical, you know, aspect of health. So I just started to do some research and just educate myself. I read any book that I came across and um, that had to do with anything diets, weight related. And I just started, you know, reading and then it's like, okay, well, maybe meat isn't the best thing. You know, let me try to, um, you know, cut back on that. And I kept reading that, but I didn't, you know what I mean? I just kept kind of reading about it. And then, um, I came across, you know, vegan and eventually raw vegan. And then I was like, you know what, not only does this, you know, well, this help me lose weight, but it seems like it's like the healthiest, a healthier lifestyle overall, not just like, a, you know, a weight thing. It's just a healthier lifestyle overall. And, I need to try it because not only, you know, well, I lose weight, but my skin will get better and, you know, I'll have more energy and I'm going to try it for 30 days. That's what I told myself. I was like, I'm going to definitely just try this for 30 days and just see how I feel. I'm going to do a little detox, a little raw vegan detox, see how I feel. So uh, fast forward to day 27 and I felt so amazing. I felt absolutely like a new person. And I told myself that I would never eat uh, cooked again. I would never eat cooked. I would never eat meat. I would never eat dairy. Wow. That's massive. So that was day 10. 27, actually. Oh, 27. Yeah. So yeah, day 10, I was going through detox and I was still doing that. But just by day 27, I just felt so good. You know, like I felt all of the toxins being released and I, I just felt so good, you know, and I I started on April 1st, 2012. And yeah, because March 31st, I was like, I, I had my last piece of chicken. I'll always remember it. I was at a restaurant and I had a piece of chicken on a salad. And, um, I was like, yeah, tomorrow, April 1st, 2012, I'm going to go raw vegan. And it's been almost nine years. So April 1st will make nine years. Wow. That's amazing. And I've had, we've had, I think two or three raw vegans on the show. Uh, Jeanette Murray Wakelin. I don't know if you know her story. Do you know Jeanette Murray Wakelin? So isn't it funny when you're in a different country, in different place, you think that it Everyone hears your little bubble echo right. chamber, but oh, then, <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette Murray Wakelin, she got breast cancer when she was in her fifties, and she she may have been vegan already. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but she went raw vegan, and it was terminal breast cancer. She was given six months to live, and she went raw. She's from Australia, but she went raw vegan. And and cured her cancer, and 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 then went on at age sixty because she was so she stayed raw, and she went on at age sixty to run three hundred and sixty six consecutive marathons around our whole country, every every day with her and her husband. I think I have heard of her. I just didn't know her name, but that is so amazing. I remember reading that is so. That's that's just just so. 
so amazing to hear. It just inspires me so much. And I can just really, I can just imagine how good she's feeling just to run all of those. That's amazing. Yeah, it just blows my mind. The power foods and like if you give your body the chance to heal itself, like how amazing and how strong and how resilient it is and how good it can be if you just allow it to, to do its thing without clogging. And what, what, part of your story that I really love is that, you know, your your boyfriend now, husband, came along for the ride and so did hers. And they ran those marathons together, like 366 marathons together. It was just, it's a love story. It's a love story. It touches my heart. But it, it's a journey and that's what... For your story, like to hear that, you know, you both transformed together. Yeah. How was it convincing him to do that? Did he do the challenge with you or when did he come on board? No, he actually, um, when I first went raw, he was still eating meat and he was like, um, you can do that. You can do that on your own, but I'm not going to do that. He's like, I support you. You know, you do it on your own by October. So I went in April by October. He was like, you know, I'll try it. You know, I'll do it. And then by that January, he was a hundred percent raw. Wow. So he went, he went too after seeing me and how good I felt and all that. That's incredible. Did he, was it the f- physical changes that inspired him or the cha- all the changes that happened to you? I think it was a lot of the spiritual and mental change that he saw that I was going through because not only was I like physically changing, but like mentally and spiritually as well. I felt so connected to, you know, mother nature and the earth and the foods that I was eating. And I was just always so happy. I felt like I was just downloading information more. I was like, when I was reading, I could comprehend better and faster. It was just an all over transformation. So I think that inspired him a lot, just like that spiritual connection and uh and just that the way I could comprehend things. And it just, I guess it was amazing for him to see. So he was like, I got to try it. Yes. And this is something that we, we don't touch on enough, I don't think, in, in the vegan community, but in, in this podcast as well, is that for many people, I made the change from my health. And then I made the change. And then I was like, because your mind, if the the brain fog goes away and then you're like oh the animals oh the planet absolutely yeah oh my soul my soul (laughs) yeah you can feel it you take that stuff away and then you can feel everything and then you're like well yeah that makes sense no I don't want to hurt no I don't want to kill like no like I'm not going to do that's a negative energy like all of that comes from when you're eating that though that living food you're getting such a good frequency yeah I guess is the better way to Totally. It's a really, it's, it, it is like, you know, for people who think, oh, you know, woo-woo, <laughs> woo-woo alert. I, I love all that stuff. But I think that for me, it really accelerated my own connection to my spirituality and to the earth and to the oneness with everything in a way that, in a way that I'd never experienced. Well, I'd, I'd, t- I'd touched on tiny amounts before this. Right. I can absolutely relate. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. You know, I was, I remember it being springtime because, you know, it was April 1st here, so it was spring for us. And I just remember smelling all the flowers and touching them and feeling so in love and just knowing that I was eating food that was coming from the earth. And it's just an amazing feeling overall. So I know we talk a lot about the physical, but just that mental and spiritual is so important. That's a, such a transformation that people will, you know, if they transition, they go through. So it's definitely one of those things to talk more about. Mm-hmm. And 
And I wanted to kind of go back because you t- we did. I've, I, I'm very tangential in the way I, in the way I talk, but you talked about that you know you were a soccer player and that you you quit high school and quit soccer and gained the college 15 and and more and I've been talking to my son about that a lot I think that's something that, firstly that we need to educate kids about that this happens you get that freedom from your parents and yeah. suddenly you're cooking for yourself and you're saying well I can eat lollies in McDonald's every yeah. meal every meal I can have that yeah and then it's just like well it's like a shock to your body because I was like um, my grandmother and my mother cooked for me my entire life. But then like once I went to college and, you know, once I had my own car and my own money, I was just like, oh, we're going out to eat here, here, here. And it was just, <laughs> yes, yeah. That's definitely one of those things that we do need to educate the children on for sure. You know, how to, how to stick to it and how to, and just to really understand what the foods do to your body. I feel like if we educate the kids on like how this isn't really proper food, it's not really giving you any nutrition, you know, it's just better because sometimes people really, and an adult, you know, we see they just don't know. They think because it's marketed as food or because you can buy it and it says it's food that it's actually good food for you. It's actually nutrition. But like once you start educating kids at a young age and saying, no, this is nutrition and this is just filler food, then, you know, I think we'll be a lot healthier society for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it is a challenge. And you have a young daughter. How old is yeah. she? She just turned four years old. Oh in my December. gosh! And she's gorgeous. And we'll, I'll, everyone can go follow you on social media to see photos of her. She's just beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. How do you go raising a daughter in, you know, in a world? Because I think for I obviously I'm ra- I'm not obviously, but I'm raising two vegan kids. They're not raw vegan kids, but they have a lot of raw as well. But how do you go raising in America where there's there's even more than there is here of a culture around takeaway and highly processed refined foods, high in saturated fats and oils and sugars and all of those things. How do you, how are you navigating that as a mum? That's such a good question. And I feel like that started, you know, with my pregnancy and just from birth, because when I was pregnant, you know, I had an all raw pregnancy. So as she was growing inside me, I fed her and all of her cells, all raw, living, juicy fruits, you know what I mean? Smoothies, all the, all the good raw stuff. And then when she was born and, you know, even though I was breastfeeding and she was having breast milk, I made sure she always saw me, you know, her mom eat, you know, always eat, you know, and eating the fruit and always being around the fruit and going to the grocery stores and going to the farmer's markets with me. And I just wanted her to have a love for, you know, the good food as much as I did. So every time a new season comes and a new fruit comes in season, I make sure that I give her the best one. Like if I find a perfectly ripe peach or um, a watermelon, I make sure that it's, you know, the best one for her. So that's, you know, one of the things that I've done as a mom. And um, another thing I would say is as she's growing and she does see those, you know, those processed foods and she sees all of that, I just kind of... I guess try to reiterate or just kind of reteach her like, okay, no, that's not nutrition. Like going back to what I was saying, like, that's not healthy for you. She does gymnastics and I'm like, you're so good, you know, because of this, you're so special. And this is super, this is superhero food and you'll be really strong if you eat this. And that's why you're so much stronger than, you know, everybody else at the gym and 
she's actually like really I, I don't I'm not just saying those things to her like her gym coaches and the gym owners they're so amazed at her strength at four years old they always come up to me and they're like I'm teaching 12 year olds the same thing that she's doing so she's in a super advanced class and you know, they're teaching her, you know, all of these backwards hip circles and she just does so good on the bar. But and she knows that because like she's the talk of the gym, like how good she is, like how strong she is at, you know, three, four years old. And I'm like, you're just so good because, you know, you're drinking your green smoothies. And every time after she leaves gym class, I always, you know, give her the smoothie. And I'm like, this is going to make you super strong, you know, like after you drink your smoothie. So I guess I try to reinforce it in a positive way. Um, I don't really talk too, too much about the junk food because I don't love really usually have her around it. So, but I try to keep it all, um, positive, like, okay, well, this is good. You know, this is good. And, um, it's going to make you strong, make you healthy. So, and this is why you're so strong. So I try to keep the conversation positive just to reinforce it with her. Yeah, totally. And I, 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 I very much do similar with my, with my kids, like talking about, look, you're, you're, you're so, I would have died for a body like my children's when I was in grade four and not not even just for vanity for what they can do because I couldn't I wouldn't play sports I wouldn't move in the way my kids can move because I was I was embarrassed but also it was uncomfortable you know I was uncomfortable in that over in that overweight body as a child yeah and so I'm so glad that they don't have to go through that where you're self-conscious and uncomfortable in your body and you're not able to play the games and run the way your friends are which I which I couldn't do as a young as a young kid as easily I could have but it just was it was hard I wasn't fit I didn't have the health I didn't have the stamina that my my kids have I can relate to that so much because even me now at age 30 I run better and play better soccer than I did as 15, 16 years old. Yeah, so. well, same. I didn't run at all until I was 30. So I'm 41, yeah. I'm 41 now and I run, well, 10Ks most days. You look good. I would have never guessed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But, yeah, I think that talking to kids positively and also not as they're growing, like, I, f- I feel like, what's the word, respecting their abilities to to take in the information and to learn and to make to and to want to make good choices I I find that the kids when I say like I talk about good guys and bad guys who do you want to feed because my kids are boys and they love good guys and bad guys and like when you eat this food you're feeding the bad guys and then they're winning and you don't want them to win Oh, I'm going to have to take that one from you. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And the good guys like fruits and vegetables. They don't eat any donuts. They don't eat lollies. The good guys don't like it. It makes them weak. So the bad guys like donuts. You don't want to feed them donuts <laughs> and make them strong and beat the good guys. Yeah, I like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but your family growing up, what was the typical foods that you ate growing up? That's a question because my father he's Jamaican he's a Chinese Jamaican so my uh, grandfather my grandmother was a completely Chinese woman so not only did I have you know tons of Jamaican you know traditional Jamaican food so you're thinking like curry goat oxtails um ackee and saltfish you know you have you know all of these things but I had you know so she was Chinese a Chinese Jamaican that was born in Jamaica but her parents were you know from Canton China so lots of pork background so there was lots of we had like uh, ham choy and pork mokni and pork all those traditional 
uh, Cantonese, Chinese food. So I grew up eating a lot of, a lot of that, lots of rice, lots of, you know, ethnic foods like that. I don't want to sound like the world's worst vegan. I'm sorry if you're listening and I'm going to sound like the world's worst vegan, but your childhood sounds like it had delicious food, (laughs) delicious, terribly animal foods, but delicious nonetheless. Yeah. My grandmother made sure that we were definitely taken care of with that. For sure. So that's kind of like when I stopped eating that and then like I, you know, started feeding myself and then like we were going to fast food and all these, you know, my body just kind of, you know, so even though it was a lot of meat and uh, dairy that I was eating, it wasn't, you know, like fast food, I would say it wasn't like going down to restaurants a lot and things like that. But it was still lots of meat, lots of pork and things like that. Yeah, (laughs) I like to be a bit. It's. It's easy to say, you know, I don't miss any of those things. And I don't miss them. I don't miss those foods. I don't, I don't miss, I, I, it's disgusting to me to think about eating any of them. Like I feel, repu- right. I feel repulsed. But a part right. of me that's nostalgic just for that home cooked grandma, yeah. grandma flavors and that nurturing cooking where they're putting their heart into a thing. Yeah. Like my grandma made beautiful pies and I would never eat them now. They're full of butter. Like every layer of pastry is full of butter. It's just meat and yeah. goo. I feel like I can definitely relate. My grandmother, like I said, she cooked for me morning, noon, and night. And, yeah. You know, eating as a raw vegan and, you know, even eating plant-based and teaching how to eat, people how to eat plant-based is still like, you know, like you still have a soft spot for it in your heart for sure. Totally. But your daughter and her kids will be saying that grandma – you know, Grandma Ashley makes, you know, the best raw things and that will be this nostalgia for them. You know, that will be, we're, we're creating a whole new thing about what soul food and what foods from the heart is like because real soul food shouldn't have souls, d- dead souls attached to it. <laughs> All food should feed the soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I love this, the nostalgia is the part. So it sounds like a lovely childhood <laughs> in its own way. Yeah. <laughs> In its own way. And did you have, aside from the, the weight that you gained, you know, as you, when you were feeding yourself and you left home, how did that weight affect your health and your mental health and your confidence in those things for you? Well, I, could, I was never really, I always had confidence, I would say, but physically, you know, once I did the uh, blood work, I was pretty diabetic. So after being, you know, raw vegan for, through two months that was completely reversed yeah Yeah, that's awesome that's awesome so just two months and that was yeah well I'm pretty sure it was probably a little bit before three months that's the next time I went back to the doctor and your husband so he lost how much weight did he lose as well um uh 85 pounds which is pretty great yeah and did he find it easy or did he think, oh, gosh, I'm missing all these things that I love? I think it was really easy for the both of us just because um, just how we felt so spiritually and mentally with it. It was just kind of like, I want to keep on. I want to eat raw. I want to eat more fruit and I want to eat more vegetables. It was a, more of a yearning in our souls, I would say. Just It just felt like something I needed to do in life. Yeah, like it was never something I wanted to go back or something that was hard for me or that is currently hard for me. It's something that feels so natural and normal. So when you started losing the weight and feeling so good, what was like the first thing 
that really you noticed when you went vegan? Like what were the first few days like for you? First few days were tough. And yeah, they're going to be tough for everyone, especially when you go through those, you know, detox symptoms and that detox mode. It was tough. But, you know, like I said earlier, it was just, you know, something that I, I was so excited about, especially after educating myself, you know, for a month a month and a half on the topic. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to do this, you know, April 1st. And I was very excited about it. So I kind of already knew through educating myself what my body would go through and detoxing and all of that. So I was really ready for it. I was really ready to see, I was really ready for the other side. So I really felt good the entire time. Yeah. The first few days are physically tough where you're going through praising your, you know, your detoxing things, but I guess mentally I was already a raw foodie and I was already going to do it. So I loved it from day one. <laughs> That's so good. And what were the physical things that you know, apart from the detox, like after the detox phase ended, what were the first physical things that you were like, whoa, I did not expect that or I was that was a surprise well, for me yeah absolutely um yeah I was able to run like it was completely different where I used to hate it and then like I remember I was like I'm gonna go take a jog and I was like wow this is really easy like this is a lot easier than I remember so that was one thing um skin skin started looking so much better cleared up looks really really good your skin's beautiful beautiful oh, thank, you. thank you so much but yeah that's just one of the other physical things that I just remember seeing and I just remember, I just remember being able to be so much more physical, a lot easier. I can remember, yeah. I've done raw, my maximum has been 30 days. My, nice. Off and on I do patches of, of raw and I do raw till four a lot. Not, 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 not because of not, I guess freely, freely taught me that principle, but I, um, I don't follow the way she does it, but I, I guess I heard it from her first and I like that I have that raw most of the day and then having that cooked meal with our family because our family, you know, aren't raw vegans. So it's just nice right. to sit down at the table and do whole food plant-based oil-free for dinner. You're doing it the right way. <laughs> which I like, but I, I would prefer raw in summer. So it's something that I've always wanted to get into. But for me, in winter... I guess so, right now I'm shivering because I had a smoothie before this call and it's summer though and I just get cold to my core when I have the frozen berries and the frozen banana in the smoothie, but I like the creaminess that the banana has when it's frozen. Right. But I get super cold when I have it. Like, How do you navigate that cold feeling? Well, I guess um, kind of like you said, like you, you get really cold when you have like the frozen berries and you have the frozen bananas. Um, in the wintertime, I do less smoothies and I do less frozen fruit. I try to keep everything like like a citrus. Like, it's citrus season now. And um, so I keep it out. I wouldn't put it in the refrigerator and I try to keep it at room temperature. Um, if I was going to do a smoothie, then I would have um, a, like a room temperature banana in the smoothie or, you know, room temperature berries so i try to keep everything room temperature like i have a salad i'm gonna eat after this because it's you know evening time here and it's been out like i've made it and it's been kind of sitting out and just ready for me to eat whereas most people when they think of a salad like i'm gonna take it immediately out of the fridge it's gonna be cold it's you're gonna be cold you know um yeah okay just keep things at room temperature and then um lastly i would say raw soups in the vitamix if you really need it um you can warm up some soups in the Vitamix and just get them to a warmer temperature just to warm you up a bit. 
Um, and the dehydrator, if you want to, you know, stick, you know, a Romulan dehydrator for 30 minutes and just warm it up, you can do that as well. But nowadays I feel like nine years later, my body's really, really used to it. So, um, you know, I have to do those things less, but your, your body gets acclimated just like it got acclimated to always having really hot foods. It'll get acclimated to having room temperature foods. You know, like if you were out, you know, when you come across a mango tree, it's not going to be freezing cold. It's going to be, you know, the temperature that outside is. So. Yeah, it's, it's a really good point about the mangoes outside on the tree that you don't normally get <laughs> fruit in nature that's been in a refrigerator. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. And I think that we just, we're so used to things being like our, the, the way that they are, the way that we live, the way we were raised to live, that often we don't question those those little things like the fruit fruit doesn't need to put, be in the fridge. It wasn't in the fridge in nature. Yeah, yeah. It's warm. If you were eating it out in nature, you, would, you wouldn't be cold eating it, you know, because you'd be warm. <laughs> it would be warm from the tree, from the sun. Yes, totally. And, and your research, when you think, when people are listening – and they're thinking, like, where do they start with the research? What would be your favorite book or couple of books or place websites that you think are really great? Aside from your own, which we'll get to in a second, but <laughs> aside from your own, what are the books that you think people should start if they're wanting to have a bit more of an understanding? I love Becoming Raw by Brenda Davis. I love The Raw Truth by Jeremy Saffron. Those are the two main books that I like a lot. I love The China Study. That's a great one. I really love the China study. I love anything by Dr. Furman. He's really good. And then really just um, lots, I, you know, social media, there's lots of, you know, people who've been raw foodists like Annette Larkins and stuff. And I just follow their social medias and I get, you know, I would always, you know, see how they were doing and how they thrived and all that stuff. So that was all really educational for me as well. So yeah, those books, you know, you know, following people on social media and just kind of seeing what works, what doesn't work was always super helpful to me in the beginning. Yes. Thank you so much for those, for anyone who's thinking, I should just do a little bit more research for myself. I love researching. So I love hearing what people are reading. And anytime I went into a library or a bookstore, a used bookstore, I would always look for books on, you know, raw food, living foods and there are so many great little finds that you'll see like from things written in the you know, 60s, 70s and just little things from doctors here and there I would just find. I don't have the names and the books on hand and the authors, but maybe I can send them to you in an email and you can you know, put them in the notes. Oh, totally. Thank you so much. Yeah, but they were, they're great, great finds that I've, I've found throughout the years. So yeah, I'll definitely send them to you. Awesome. Thank you. And, and so what would a day, a typical standard regular day look like for you eating now? So nowadays, um, it's a little different than when I first transitioned, but like I will typically I'll wake up and I'll have uh, some type of hydration. Um, nowadays it's been coconut water. So a coconut water or a juice, but I'll have like a 32 ounce, you know, hydration. And then I'll go into a fruit meal and it'll be a big model meal of fruit. Like today I had like nine mangoes, nine Altufo mangoes and I ate a whole meal of that. And then, um, if I'm still feeling a little hungry, I'll have like a, a large green juice and then I'll have a big dinner salad. So, which I'm going to, you know, eat after we get off. But yeah, so I have like a coconut water, um, a big fruit meal, a green juice, and then like a, another big nutrient dense salad, like a huge bowl, with all different type of leafy greens and sprouts and sprouted nuts and seeds and 
all of these good things on it. So super nutrient dense dinners all the time. <laughs> does it take you a long time to eat your big salads? It does actually, because, you know, you always try to chew them until, you know, they're mush so they digest well. But I do, I sit and I have a meal and it'll take me a while, but I'll chew until it's mush and it's good. But they're usually like 16 ounce, you know, pound salads. So they're, they're pretty hefty. And then with all the toppings and all of the nuts and seeds it's just pretty hefty but that's my main meal of the day yeah 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 but I think that when you go raw or when you go vegan one of the best things about it no that's 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 a stretch it's not the best thing but I loved that your salad here in Australia a salad with iceberg lettuce tomato and onion you know maybe some cut up chunks of cheese that's kind of how it typically is here and going vegan it just opens this world of salad can be yeah. so incredible and so diverse and un- unending options. Yeah, you can make a different salad. I tell people I can make a different salad every day of my life if I wanted to. There's so many different greens, so many different sprouts, so many different nuts, so many different seeds, so many different ways you can make salad dressing, so many different fruits. You know, like you can switch it up and literally have a different meal every day if you wanted to. The, the, the possibilities are endless when it comes to leafy green combinations. I love it. What would be your favorite salad? Someone who's listening and they're like, ooh, tell me a good one because I don't like salad at all. Gotcha. So for me, that would have to be like a mixture. If I had like some baby kale, arugula, um, if I had some good romaine lettuce, I had some sunflower microgreens in there, some alfalfa sprouts. And then I would add every salad. I love cherry tomatoes and I love red and yellow bell peppers, cucumbers, hemp seed, sprouted sunflower seeds, and then like a good tahini dressing. That would have to be my absolute favorite uh, dressing. I mean salad. That is very high nutrient dense. Dr. Furman would be very impressed with that and happy. He'd give you a pat on the back and a gold star, I think, for all of those different greens and sprouts and seeds. Yeah. And then when you eat those variety of plant foods and when you're done, your body's just singing and just taking in all of those nutrients. And it's such an amazing feeling. Oh, I like it. My jaw doesn't like it as much. The chewing, the endless chewing, because I have a really bad TMJ. A little bit softer lettuces sometimes instead of like the little chewy kales but the baby lettuces and the baby greens are a lot easier to chew and digest so yeah yeah good idea for me is to have the baby like romaines and stuff like that they're they are softer and sweeter as well I think yeah so now Ashley I know that you've done because I did one of your programs very early on I did one of your raw yeah your raw programs Day Radiant Cleanse, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> and I loved it. But what work are you doing now for people who are listening, who are wanting to get started raw, fully raw, or in, adding more raw or whatever? What what programs are you running now? Well, I still have the 21 Day Radiant Cleanse for sale. And that's, you'll find that all in the link in my bio. So that's there. I have another cookbook there as well. Um, I'm currently working on two things. I'm doing a actually I'm doing like a toddler vegan book it's not done yet but it'll be done within the next couple of months so I'm working on that um the 21 day radiant cleanse 2 is coming out at the end of this month and lastly like my big thing is like the raw it's called your raw journey and it is a subscription based membership 
where you know you pay eight dollars a month and you get my a weekly meal plan where it's a perfectly food combined raw meal plan you get the grocery list to go along with it and then you also along with that you get access to a facebook support group where i'm in you can ask questions and in that group i go live every monday and do a group talk where we talk about goals i answer questions so you kind of have like a group support live every monday in there as well so that's all included for the eight dollars a month so it's technically about two dollars a week and you can get access to all of that for anyone who just wants to incorporate more raw or to transition to fully raw if that's your goal so you have the option to do all of that with that your raw journey membership and for two dollars a week that's a lot of support and resources to get you on your way And what I love about it is that you you have a community and every single guest that comes on this show talks about community and how important it is because often you're in families and you're in friendship groups where no one's eating this way. Yeah. I tell my group that every week. I'm like, surround yourself, you know, with people who want to see you do good. Surround yourself with people who are eating the same way you do. Put that in your face on social media nowadays we are in control of what our feed, you know, shows us. So make sure you're liking raw foods and make sure you're following people who eat the way you do. So you're, you know, you have that community support, you know, so that's one of the most important things you can do as you transition for sure. Absolutely. And one of the things that you just mentioned then, which reminded me is for me at the beginning, especially of of my whole food plant-based journey was I had to unfollow people who were posting their new cakes, their new baked goods, their new recipes that weren't vegan because I was just trying not to, you know, to eat those things. And that I got them out of my feed because it was just, you know, your auntie's making this new slice and she's put it up and it looks beautiful. But I just couldn't have it in there because I knew it was tempting me constantly and keeping me wanting to have, keeping my mind wanting to have those types of foods. So it's a really good, what you said about, liking the things because people don't really understand that the more you like it the more it shows up the algorithm supports it so liking is really important not just following people because if you're not liking their posts and then their stuff's not going to come into your feed absolutely absolutely yes. great point <laughs> no you know you made the point it's your point it was great i liked it it's just it's one of those things that people don't think about but it can help so much you know mentally as you transition for sure yes totally I was going to ask you, so in your life where you're, where you, in your family, in your circles, how does it for you being fully raw at social functions and family gatherings, like is, is that a challenge for you? Um, at this point, it's not. I am, all of my family, they really kind of understand and know how I eat. So it's not really hard for anyone anymore. And it's not hard for me because if I'm going to have a family get together or something, I'm going to bring my food. You know what I mean? And I just gotten used to it. And so I'll always have my, you know, food. So I'm able to eat with everyone. And it's, you know, you're eating, I'm eating. So there's really nothing to, you know, you know, to be hard about it. You're what you decide to eat and let me eat what I decide to eat. And I love it. And it's, it's just been, it's just normal for me nowadays. Mm. So in the beginning though, how was it in the beginning? Was there pushback? Was it a challenge? Yeah. In the beginning, my parents, you know, they were just like, you know, what are you doing? This, this and that. And it was always like, well, what are you eating? And 
those kind of like always questions. But, you know, as the years went on and they see, you know, they, you know, saw that I would continue to eat like that and that I was still getting a lot healthier. They just understood more and they educated themselves more and, you know, incorporated more into their diets as well. So it just became a thing and everyone knows how I eat now. And it's just completely normalized in my family at this point. And your husband, did he have any challenges at the start with socializing and just being with family and having those shared meals I think that's for people most people when they're talking to me about it they're saying you know my husband my kids these people won't get on board and it will be impossible for me to do it so I like asking this question just so we can hear different guests answers about how they navigated that well I think it was really hard and then especially like when you know he lost a lot of weight in the beginning and it was just kind of like oh you know they would call you know names and say this is not but I you know you know it was just like, like I kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast, it was like, there was such a strong spiritual pull to eat this way that none of that really affected us in any, I would say. And it was just like, you know, I'm going to take the the jokes, I'm going to take this and this, but I know internally and spiritually, this is how I'm supposed to be eating. This is how I feel good. So it was, you know, just like you're saying, we're just surrounding ourselves and, you know, seeing that stuff on social media and just you know, just letting the other stuff kind of slide off and just bringing, you know, the foods to the table that, you know, we decided to eat. And that's just how we navigated it and, you know, kind of still do. I think it's a really good way because some people can get quite defensive when people are joking about you and your lifestyle choices and those things. And I have found, and it's been my lesson that I'm teaching my son as well, both, both sons, is that learning to laugh at yourself and not take yourself so seriously and just people receive that so much better than when you push back and have an argument and get defensive if you just say yeah sure I'm a rabbit I'm a rabbit sure yeah absolutely. <laughs> rabbit food I, fine most of the time and all of those people who are making fun of us are now vegans are now whole food plant-based vegans not even junk food vegans but like whole food plant-based vegans so I always say live by example and then the people who need to or who want to pick it up will. So that's just like my motto. I think it's a great motto to have. It's such a good motto. And it, it does, like, you just, you're radiant, like your, like your website, Roar and Radiant, but you're radiant and that it's, 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 a, it's appealing to people because you're seeing most of the population sick with chronic illness and increasing levels of, of, of overweight and obesity and you know, arthritis and diabetes and all of these conditions. And when you look at someone like you, who's in your, if, if you were in my circle, you'd be like, well, what is she doing? Cause she looks so great. I don't want to keep doing this. Cause I know where this path leads me. This path leads me to chronic illness. Why wouldn't you do what Ash is doing? And I'm shortening your name to Ash. Like you're besties. This is what we do in Australia mm-hmm. straight away. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sorry Ashley yeah so I I really love what you've done I love what you've done for yourself and for your husband and your daughter and the message that you put out there and I'm so happy that there's people like yourself doing this and sharing this because the more all of us you know I'm not I'm not fully raw but the more people who are out there eating as compassionate kind health promoting way of you know way of eating the more we touch other people and our ripple our ripple goes further and wider absolutely thank you so much (laughs) no you're absolutely welcome 
Can you just let everyone know where they can find you and follow you online and work with you and all those things? I'll, I'll share it again in the show notes if you're listening. Go click on the show notes and you'll have all the links to follow Ash. But where can they follow you and find you and work with First, you? First, um, my Instagram. My Instagram is uh, instagram.com slash raw and radiant. And that's all one word. So it's R-A-W-A-N-D-R-A-D. I A N T. So it's all one word, Ron Radiant. And I'm on Facebook as Ron Radiant as well. And my website is rawandradiantcleanse.com. So you can find all of that stuff there. But if you go to any of my social media profiles and you click the link in my bio, all of the links to the the group membership pop up and all of the ebooks pop up. So anything you need is there. And if you just want to browse and you want to know how to transition look through my highlights on instagram there's tons of free information there as well so make sure you look absolutely thank you so much i'll be going and looking because I, I i'm still at how long i've been on this journey now this is my 13th year oh, nice. still i still love other people have different recipes different ideas different oh, i love it oh the inspiration you can just get from other people is amazing this podcast is just for me to hang out with people and get inspiration <laughs> once a week. Because you all have, everyone says it and sees it and thinks of it differently. You know, you've said things in this episode that I'm like, oh, that resonates or it just hits a different thing that helps build that resolve and strengthen that within you. So I hope that that's true for people listening. But for me, I love finding new people's foods and their, their websites and their social media and like, getting a different take on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. It was wonderful having you on the show. What are your top three tips for anyone who is wanting to make the switch to a raw vegan diet? Okay, so my number one thing is educate yourself. Um, Like we were talking about earlier in the podcast, make sure you're reading books, make sure you're um, educating yourself on a proper plant-based diet and proper raw and, you know, knowing the different styles of raw and knowing what's healthy and what's not. So step one, educate yourself. Step two, we talked about it earlier as well, is to flood your mental and your face and your feet and everything you see in here with, you know, fruit, vegetables, raw food, you know, so follow raw foodies on Instagram, you know, read the books and uh, try the recipes and, you know, keep doing that. Step three, our tip three would be always eat enough, eat until you're satisfied. You know, us over here in America and the standard American diet, you know, fruit and salad is like a side item. You have a little bit of fruit, you have a little bit of salad, but you kind of have to retrain your mind to whereas the salad is the meal. Let me make this very nutrient dense. Let me make this into a meal. Or if you're having a fruit meal, like, am I having enough mangoes? Like usually over here, it's like, okay, I had a mango. That's, that's how you eat mangoes, but no, you can have a mono meal of mangoes. Like we were talking about earlier. If you went up in nature and you went on a, went up to a mango tree that was full of ripe mangoes, you're going to eat a meal of mangoes and you're going to eat until you're full. You know what I mean? You're not going to have a mango mixed with a pineapple apple tree over here and, and, you know, all this apple tree and mixed up into a fruit salad, you know, so make sure you're eating enough. Try to keep it simple would be tip number three. <laughs> yes, I love it. And that was tip number four. You have us four tips. I like the fourth one. Keep it simple was number four. Keep it simple was number four. <laughs> Thank you for the freebie. Yeah, of course. Uh, they are great tips. So number one, educate yourself read about proper plant-based nutrition and I think that's so helpful because we have so many 
Instagram celebrities who don't really educate people and do it for 30 days and then go off it and become meat carnivores. They're not, they're not the people to follow. Actually read books. <laughs> read books. I actually read books. That's such an amazing, yeah, I talk about it all the time. Read books. Because the person who was writing that, like they had to be at least an expert to get published or know what they're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Anyone can go on Instagram, Facebook and type. So Yes. Yeah. So I love that as a tip because I do think that that's something that we're constantly having these ex-vegans and ex-people come out and they haven't read enough. They need to read some some more. And two, flood your face is in f- feed with raw food. I think that's a really, really, really powerful one that we actually haven't had. See, that's, that's you did that today, your new take. <laughs> and always eat enough. And I love that part about mangoes because you just wouldn't be walking along going, oh, here's a pineapple patch. Man. Here's a, yeah. <laughs> here's a, I'll make a, eat some grapes and some apples and I'll make a fruit salad. Like you wouldn't do that. And often in fruit salads, they're things that were from different geographical locations and different climates and all in the one bowl, which we just would yeah. never have done. So that's, that's a really interesting take. Thank you so much. I've loved spending some time with you and meeting you and having you on the show. It's been really great hearing your story. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much for having me. I had a blast. And anytime you want to do another one, just let me know. I will. I will. For sure. You'll, you'll be back. Yes, for sure. We can talk food combining or raw food or transitioning. Oh, topics. My... Oh. Yeah. Love it. Another one. <laughs> another one. Thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to head to Raw and Radiant on Instagram and Facebook and to check out rawandradiantcleanse.com and join the Your Raw Journey program at $8 a month, which is incredible. And, yeah, get some support from Ashley to add a whole heap more beautiful, nutrient-dense, colourful rainbow foods into your belly and your body and feel the shift in your energy and just enjoy the many, many, many health benefits that come when we eat more fresh, vibrant, whole plant foods that are uncooked. Thanks for listening. I hope that this episode resonated with you and that, yeah, please share it with your family and friends. Give it a try. Let me know what you think in the comments. If you have any questions about anything from the show, don't hesitate to reach out. And I'll see you all next week. Bye. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road. Riding with you in the sunnier